Good morning. Rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad to have you here. Thanks so much for tuning into the program. How's everybody feeling today? Thursdays? It's not a very thirsty Thursday if you're into ladies, but if you're into boys, well, today it's going to be a very thirsty Thursday. We got Mark McCloskey joining us today at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Austin, why would I be thirsty for Mark McCloskey? Look at that screen, baby dolls. Look at that. He's, how old does he say he is? 66 years old. Mark McCloskey, the man. Uh, basically, the Incredible Hulk. You, do, you wouldn't like Mark McCloskey when he's angry. And he's angry about Hunter Biden dodging questions in a congressional subpoena. We're going to talk about that this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. You don't want to... Dude, did that make you thirsty? Do do yeah. Uh, yes, we're gonna have a great show today at 8 a.m. Central Time. We're gonna talk to Camelia Peterson. There you go, boys, uh, for your thirsty Thursday needs. She's gonna join us at 8 a.m. Central to talk about millennial women on the decline. Aww. We're gonna talk about that and some other things. Do you think we can make Camelia blush today? I think so. Of course. A rather quiet sweater ap yes it's true normally i do wear something a little bit more loud but i just wanted to be cozy and comfy today at 8 30 a.m today unfortunately daniela pensack will not be with us i got remzo martinez to join us on the show today he's going to join us to talk about apparently a no whites allowed christmas party no this wasn't just uh, something that happened on your average college campus the mayor of boston accidentally sent out an invitation to her friends and family and and co-workers and colleagues for her no whites allowed i kid you not no whites allowed christmas party uh and uh well the hubbub of course the the, the buzz is is hilarious we're going to play uh some of the clips that we have of that and remzo martinez is going to join us this morning at 8 30 a.m central time we're looking forward to hearing from Remzo Martinez on the show. All right. Well, very briefly, just a couple of quick announcements before we get started. Um, just I know for those of you who are interested, you might have got an email last night. If you were formerly a monthly subscriber to my YouTube channel, we all remember when we were on YouTube back in the day. And, and some of you uh, probably got the message. Well, the news is, is that YouTube has re-upped my monetization. So that's good news and some of you may be wondering well are we all going to go back over to youtube and the answer to that well i think i'm going to let jordan belfort actually answer the question for me on whether or not now thanks to monetization we're going to go from rumble all back to youtube the answer to that and i, and I gave it some thought the answer to that i think is best answered by my friend jordan belfort from the wolf of wolf uh, FYI, there will be some harsh language. Take a listen. Here's my answer to whether or not we'll be going back to YouTube. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! This is my home! They're gonna need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here! Team, 
Oh, yes. If you're not in a good mood, you will be by the time the show is over. Do me a favor. Will you click that like button and subscribe to the channel? We're not leaving. We're staying right here at rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. So if you are watching us for the very first time over there today, do me a favor. Click like and subscribe to the channel. We're grateful to have you here. Even Warts and All Rumble, of course, does have some challenges. And I know it's sometimes maybe easier to watch it on YouTube because of skipping or what have you. But we all need to stick with people who stick with us. And Rumble has stuck with us. So let's encourage everybody to watch us over at rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. Amen. Levin214 is already weighing in the Hunter Biden stuff. We are going to get there. He says this Hunter Biden stuff is a sham. He'll get off with a slap on the wrist at most. And the left will use it to show they're not biased when they go after Trump. It's possibly true, but why you got to be so black-pilled in the morning? Can't you just, How dare you, know, you try and lighten up a little bit, be in a little bit of a good mood? You know, there are some happy things that are happening in the, around the world. Uh, it's nice to see all of our friends over here on Rubble.com. Do me a favor. I see 126 people watching. I'd love it if by the end of the show today we could get to 126 likes. Do you think it's possible? we got 19 so far. YouTube pulling the, so I hear you're doing good with your new girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. T-Mill 22 is joining us. It looks like the very first time for us today. Good to meet you, T-Mill. We hope you can earn, we can earn your subscribe, subscribe to the channel this morning. All right, let's go ahead and move on. I wanted to play with you before we get to the Hunter Biden stuff, and we will get there with um, uh, um, our guest at 730. Uh, I've got some great clips. One, uh, this clip, uh, did you see the White House posted about their Christmas celebration? And it was all kind of weird. <laughs> you know, they just can't. For some reason, the Democrats just can't enjoy Christmas for the beauty of what it is. They always have to zhuzh it up in the worst way. Well, anyway, somebody took it and parodied it, of course. So here's the new White House Christmas video. Heard it your friends from the Liberty Movement. Take a listen. <laughs> there goes Joe. There's Hunter. <laughs> I have to narrate it for the audio version later. Oh, look, there's Lonsky in the dress. <laughs> Looking for money. <laughs> Funny stuff, funny stuff. Well, anyways, before we uh, get on to the Vivek Ramaswamy town hall, uh, I think this little 10-second clip that DeSantis campaign shared of Nikki Haley at an event was pretty funny. Um, you sound really good. You're a strong speaker. Some of your policies I do agree with. You sound like a Democrat sometimes. Sorry about that. <laughs> She sounds like a Democrat sometimes. I think that that voter was being pretty kind. Uh, Naga, her real name is, of course, Nimarada Naga. Naga not going to be president. Not going to happen. Vivek Ramaswamy did an excellent town hall with CNN, and it was making waves last night. The first uh, part that I'm going to play is a clip of him asking, being asked about his religion. Take a listen. Jenny Mitchell. She is an entomologist at Iowa State University. From Boone, Iowa, she is a Republican who is currently undecided. Jenny? Thank you. Thanks for being here, and thanks for coming to Iowa so much. We appreciate your visits. Uh, so freedom of religion is a part of our Constitution and obviously a huge part of our country. What do you say to those who say that you cannot be our president because your religion is not what our founding fathers based our country on? I would say that I respectfully disagree. And... You know, I want people to understand 
this about me. I would rather speak the truth and lose an election than to win by playing some political snakes and ladders. I mean, if that's a great answer to that question, give it up to Vivek Ramaswamy. I got that question a lot. Not when I ran for president, because people, when you're a libertarian, they assume you're a little weird. But when I ran for Senate as a um, as a Republican, this was the most asked question when I ran, when I uh, was going around the state of Missouri, and probably was a major reason why I did. If I want to map out my political career and really solve for that, you know, I could fake convert. You know, I'm not going to do that. That was my I'm answer tell you about my faith. I'm Hindu. Now I went to. Not that I was Hindu, but uh, that was what I said. Was that if I wanted to lie to you, I could, I could fake convert and I could map out my political career, but I've chosen to be honest, but, um, you know, voters, they, they actually don't appreciate those answers. They want you to fake convert. Well, they want you to convert, but they, people mostly would prefer that you lie to them rather than be honest. It's sad, but this is true. I, I mean, one of the reasons I think why Vivek is not doing well is because he is not a Christian, Christian and not schools. white. I went to St. Xavier in Cincinnati and I actually have been on the board of St. X except for a hiatus to run for president. And I can tell you with confidence that we share the same value set in common. I'll tell you about my yes. faith. My faith teaches me I that said. God puts each of us here for a purpose. That we have a moral duty to realize that purpose. That God works through us in different ways, but we're still equal because God resides in each of us. Now, I had what you would call not a, Traditional upbringing, but probably a very traditional upbringing. Right? My parents taught me family is the foundation. Marriage is sacred. Divorce Same. isn't some option. You just prefer off a menu when things don't go your way. Abstinence yes. before marriage is the way to go. Adultery is wrong. That the good things in life involve a sacrifice. And I love that Vivek is saying this because I was raised exactly the same way, to believe the same things. And he's Hindu and I, I'm an agnostic, but you, the listener, the viewer of the Wake Up America show, we, we believe the same things. We believe the same things. What's interesting, Rare Camellia, I see over on uh, the Rumble stream. Good morning, Camellia. She's going to join us at 8 a.m. She says they definitely accepted Trump's fake conversion. The interesting thing about that, too, is that, uh, and I think I posted this uh, on Twitter and shared this with you, Camellia, a few weeks ago. Uh, Israel Anderson, who I've known for a very long time in the, in the Liberty Movement, posted this video of Donald Trump, who was asked by Frank Luntz if he had ever asked God for forgiveness. And Trump actually said no to that answer, which is fascinating because, at, at least by the standards of the Christian, the Christian church that I was raised in, which was Southern Baptist, evangelical, um, the, by the standards of the church that I was raised in, that means that you are not technically a Christian because at least how I was raised, and you may have been raised in a different tradition, that in our tradition, that asking God for forgiveness was the step that was required in order to have Christ enter your heart. So when Donald Trump said to Frank Luntz, and I could find this video, maybe and I'll play it a little bit later, but I'd like to move on to some other substantive topics that Vivek discussed, especially January 6th. But in my religion, we were raised that if you do, you have to ask God for forgiveness for your sins in order to have Christ be uh, enter your heart and for you to enter the kingdom of heaven. So in a sense, Camellia, when you say he converted, 
Um, he didn't really convert because if he never asked God for forgiveness, then that means that he's not saved, right? At least according to my religion, and some other Christian uh, traditions have different uh, um, uh, evaluations for what determines what makes you a Christian. So a lot of people define that differently. But I do have to say, I think it's pretty brave. And I and I, I think it's a good thing that Vivek Ramaswamy is running because it shows that people who are not necessarily of your same faith, of the majority faith of this country, can still share your same values. That people like myself and you know how I'll raise my kids is is to have the same values that you and I have, to believe in liberty and religious liberty and constitutional freedom and to believe in family and to believe in in the things that really make America great. And I know that for a long time, people define faith as part of that. Um, but I think it's, it's perfectly possible for you to, um, for you to have nearly all of the same values, uh, and disagree on the, the base the fundamental basis of our religions and still be people who believe in America and American freedom. So I think that was actually a really good answer there for Vivek. Let's continue it for just a few more seconds and then we'll now, move are on. Are those foreign values? in this country? I know it could look that way at times. You turn on the television, go to the movie theater, your local DEI training at a company or what they're teaching your kids in schools. That could seem a little unfamiliar. I don't think it's unfamiliar to most of us. I think those are the same Judeo-Christian values that I learned at St. X. When we get to the Ten Commandments, what do they say? There's one true God. Don't take his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath. Respect your parents. Don't kill, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't commit adultery. Some Christians would say it, do, it doesn't say thou shalt not kill, it means thou shalt not murder. But um, let's move on. We've got Mark McCloskey coming here in about um, 16 In about uh, 14 minutes from now, we're going to talk to him about Hunter Biden. But I do want to make sure that you get to hear some of Vivek's town hall. He was asked about January 6th last night as so well. Let me Take ask a you listen. about something that you said at the debate last week. You used the phrase inside job to describe what happened on January 6th. The next day, Capitol rioter Alan Hosteller uh, highlighted your comments at his sentencing. He is going to prison for 11 years. Hosteller uh, threatened members of Congress. He brought a hatchet, knives, pepper spray, stun batons, tactical gear to the U.S. Capitol. Are you concerned that a convicted felon like that is now promoting your comments in court? So here's my concern, Abby, and I want to tell you guys where I'm at. Great question. If you had told me it's close to three years ago that January 6, 2021 happened, if you had told me three years ago, back when I was a biotech CEO, not steeped in this world, I was just consuming passive media, but was focused on my world of developing medicines. If you had told me that January 6 was in any way an inside job, the subject of government entrapment, I would have told you that was crazy talk. Fringe conspiracy theory nonsense. I can tell you now, having gone somewhat deep in this, it's not. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful. If, if I may finish just answering. Well, let me just, is, is really I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because, because you're I saying know this, that there the establishment were, doesn't approve of this message. I know that this, there were federal agents. We should agents. be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal this is, agents. This is important to talk about. 
Yes, you are saying important. there were federal agents in the crowd on What are we on, clapping for here? Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. What? So why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen evi- any evidence so that we've there seen were. Multiple, and so we've seen multiple informants suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asking Is there this. any evidence? May I just finish this and then you can come back to question Well, let me clarify. I know it's very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my question I know question this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but we have to do the truth I'm going to clarify my question because I want to make sure that you understand what I'm asking. Oh, I understand this. What are you I clapping you, for? I where is, years the, ago. I'm where is now. the evidence? Yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot, so an inside I, job? But no, no, no I'm going to tell you what inside job is because I'm not going to. I'm not violence respect, on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my that? mouth. I'm going to put my words in my mouth, and I'm going to tell you what right. what where I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing okay. January 6th? So I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you hard facts, and if I may, Abby. I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but we're going to we're going to go through this, and you can and you can you can push back on it after the evidence, and you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released? Two hundred hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd. You didn't see that before. You Mm -hmm. saw what the response was to that. Uh, Now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet. For Capitol Mr. Police allowing people in again, right through the front door. The vast door. majority I mean, of that the footage evidence should have been released shows, before, Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast should have been majority of the before. footage shows and my police officers is being overrun and, and I want to talk about one more by violent really rioters. That's yeah, I'm going to give you hard, I'm give you some hard facts. Of it shows. So what, here's what entrapment you can't is. Cherry pick. Here's, I'm not cherry picking. You if I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry picking. Examples. To the country. You know cherry pick examples. You know cherry pick the government. The government cherry picked 12 hours of footage. When there yes, was 200 hours, exactly. cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing, too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, when, I think there's a civil libertarian yeah. issue of our time. When we Gresham Whitmer's kidnapping. Yes. I want to keep it. I want to be really clear on this because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Three people who were in an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial because it was entrapment. That is government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. They gave them credit cards with spending limits of up to $5,000, encouraged them to buy munitions, plan something they weren't otherwise willing to plan. So much so, and I want people at home to know this, especially CNN viewers to know this, is that one of the jurors went to those defendants and apologized afterwards, gave him a hug, apologized, seeing what the government had put a poor guy up to who had to go to some Mexican restaurant across the street to get hot water. These people were exploited with credit cards up to $5,000, FBI agents, putting them up to a kidnapping plot that we were told was true but was entrapment. 14. Same thing with the Capitol Police, people Mr. letting Ramos them in God, the pretty good stuff. See, the president of the United States is going to have to be able to take on the, that kind of a hostile press. I'm really looking forward to hearing from Mark Plusky. Speaking of a hostile press, Hunter Biden comes out in public on the attack, says that he's being treated unfairly by Trumpy Republicans. Let's hear from the Trumpiest Republican of all, Mark McCluskey, when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Let me state as clearly as I can, my father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. Certainly not as an artist. What the hell? Good morning, Horizon Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. That was Hunter Biden. Republicans are on the hunt 
for Hunter. Hunter's just looking around for a little crack cocaine. Thanks so much for joining us today. It is the season to be merry and bright, but I think that Hunter might be looking into a different kind of powder for the holiday season. Well, are Republicans going to finally be able to get Hunter to testify under oath? Honestly, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to be able to answer that question for you. That's why I've got one coming up in just a moment. But before we get our next guest, who I know you're all excited to hear from, started, do me a favor, click that like button and subscribe to the channel if it's your first time watching the Wake Up America show today. We'd love to have you come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. I see we've got a bunch of brand new people watching the show for the first time today. So we'd love to have you come back and join us again tomorrow because every Monday through Friday, it's a great show. we got great guests like my next one joining us. He is a former U.S. Senate candidate, and he's also known as the AR-15 Toten Lawyer. <laughs> defending his property from violent Black Lives Matter activists here in the state of Missouri. His name's Mark McCluskey. He's joining us live right now. Good morning, Mark. Merry Christmas. Good morning and Merry Christmas to you. Mark, Hunter Biden says his father had nothing to do with him as an artist. Uh, kind of odd. I think Hunter's got nothing to do with Hunter as an artist. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> What's your reaction to Hunter Biden finally coming out in, in the public? Uh, why strategy? Would you, would you have advised him to do this as a lawyer? Well, let's take one step back. I think I thought Im immediately that the new charges in California were designed specifically to give Hunter a Fifth Amendment claim so we could get in front of Congress and, and say, you know, I've been advised by counsel not to say anything. I'm exercising my Fifth Amendment rights. Anything I say may tend to incriminate me. But then to go out in public and say, I'll answer any legitimate question. I've got, I've got my Ramaswamy finger up. My legitimate, uh, any legitimate questions to ask me, meaning only the ones I choose to answer, um, but not under oath and not on behind closed doors. But, you know, so has he waived the fifth? I, I don't know. Um, is he going to be held in contempt of Congress? I doubt it because, you know, our Republican majority is a bunch of wimps up there. They never really do anything. And even if, even if they hold him in contempt, is the Justice Department going to charge him? Are they going to do a Steve Bannon on him in this Justice Department? You know, likelihood is zero on that. There's, you know, there, there's no equal justice on the law now, as, as I like to say, for the last six or eight months. You know, instead of being innocent until proven guilty these days, you're, you're guilty until proven Democrat. In which case, you can do anything you damn well please. <laughs> Pretty good stuff from Mark McCloskey, who's joining us live right now. Fellow Missourian as well. Glad to have him here and get his legal take on what's happening. So what is he being brought in front of Congress? Why is it, What is the subpoena for? Well, you know, if they want to actually ask him questions. For example, who's the big guy? What's the 10% for? When he's saying to the uh, Chinese uh, um, oligarch, my father's sitting right beside me, and if you don't do what we ask and cough that money up, you know, tonight, we're talking tonight, my father's going to bring down the fury of all of his friends, and you know how I can hold a grudge. I mean, the, the bottom line is, is you don't have to, and Ted Cruz is pretty good about pointing this out. Joe Biden doesn't have to benefit personally from the corruption that he encourages. Joe Biden's, if his family members are benefiting to the tune of $20, $30 million, serious money, um, uh, as a result of his corruption, then he's just as guilty of it as if he's getting that $20 million himself. But of course, he is getting money himself. I mean, he lives he lives like a, you know, a billionaire. He's got beach houses and he, he has millions of dollars and, and uh, what, making 174000 bucks a year? I mean, how many of us get to live like that at 174,000 bucks a year? And by the way, um, paying his kids, you know, his, he's on the dole from his, from his kids all the time. His brother's making money. 
he's done nothing but work allegedly as a public servant for his entire adult life, and yet has, he lives infinitely nice, nicer than you possibly could have. That's sorry. You know, they couldn't get Al Capone on anything but tax evasion. And the way they got Al Capone on tax evasion was they compared his lifestyle to his reported income. Maybe we ought to think about that with regard to the Bidens, because no one could live their lifestyle how they allegedly make. Okay. But you know, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but I think the reason Hunter Biden did what he did yesterday is because they no longer have any respect for the system. They believe that they're immune. They have this impunity that, that, that is acquired through now having absolute power, having the power to crush their opponents politically, crush them judiciously, use of power of subpoena and indictment to crush the opposition. On, on my radio program, I tried to read the list of everybody that's been indicted, harassed, had their doors kicked in, or been prosecuted by this administration for doing no more than supporting President Trump or the old administration. And you can't read it now or now. You just put it in categories like 1,300 January 6th defendants, 3,000 conservative Catholics. I mean, all this sort of thing. But they feel like they're immune. And when you see, for example, President Biden posing with Vladimir Zelensky, where he's wearing his hobo wear in the White House. Have you have you seen Jill's um, Christmas video with a yes. with a tap dancing cross dressers? We played I it mean, earlier. Did you? All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, how demeaning, right? But they they are now actively trying to undermine and destroy, uh, you know, the, the the credibility and the integrity and just the the culture and history of the United States. Couldn't agree more. Let's give it up for Mark McCluskey. He's joining us live right now here on the Wake Up America show, talking to him a little bit about a little bit about the Hunter Biden subpoenas in the White House. So you've already kind of taken the black pill on this, Mark, as you know, if, if you don't know what that is, the, the black pill is that the kind of doom and gloom take. Uh, what What's the best case scenario that we could hope for in something like this? So that, that I mean, you said that we should try and nail him on tax charges. But I mean, something like this probably doesn't happen unless Donald Trump takes over the White House next year. Right. I think that's correct. I think that unless Trump wins, all this stuff gets brushed under the carpet and much, much worse. They will start rounding up people like you and me, people that, that disagree. You're no longer allowed to disagree. We now have the freedom in America to agree with the government or be at risk of indictment. And that's, you know, that's no different than the, than the Soviet Union. And, and we came were up after in, you, Mark. They came after yeah. you. Yeah, they, they did. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't free. And by the way, we, you know, the last thing we did, I think November 7th, we argued in the Court of Appeals to still get those two guns back. So it's still not all over. But I mean, they tried to take our law licenses. I've got uh, on my program on Sunday, I've got John Eastman on and they've been trying to take his law license in California since June for writing legal memos uh, and giving his opinion, right? His legal opinion. Here's a guy who clerked um, uh, for the Supreme Court for Clarence Thomas, was a dean of a law school. He's asked by President Trump for a legal opinion, which he writes in two memos, right? Now he's an indicted, he's got felony indictments against him down in Georgia. They're trying to pull his law license in California. We're doing no more than what we're supposed to do as lawyers, and that's advocate for our clients. And that's the problem now. Think about this. Let's say they kick in your doors tomorrow and say that you said something that you shouldn't have said on Wake Up America, and you've got to hire a lawyer. What lawyer is going to work for you? Uh, for fear of being indicted himself for having opinions that the power structure doesn't like. I mean, you take away your right to freedom of speech, you take away your right to, to, to counsel, 
And now lawyers, in, in all these cases against Trump, the courts have taken away his attorney-client privilege, and they've forced his, his lawyers to testify against him. Once you do that, then there's no pretext of a, of a free society anymore. Once you do that, then it's, it's no different than the show trials in the Soviet Union. You know, we've got to have a trial before we find you guilty. And I will, I will sidetrack right now, because I have personal knowledge of a friend of mine who got convicted by the January, uh, you know, 6th court up in D.C. The judge acted, you know, actually told him before the evidence came in, you're guilty. You can put on your defense if you want to, but you're guilty. And I mean, that's that's just a Soviet show trial. By the way, that's, I'm glad that's you brought that up, Mark. I, I, we're getting so many dang good sound bites from you this morning. Andy Opperman noted, "Guilty till proven Democrat." That is a soundbite for the ages. <laughs> Amen. Good stuff. I'm glad you brought up the January 6th stuff because I was watching the Vivek Ramaswamy town hall uh, on CNN, playing some clips from that right before you came on, and he was getting attacked for his comments about it being an inside job. And maybe we can talk about that, you know, in a little bit later. But do you think that some of these people might be able to get new trials because of all the new evidence that was suppressed by the government that's now coming out? One would hope so. If there's anything like a legitimate Justice Department, one would hope so. But there's not a legitimate Justice Department. These people know. <clears throat> Judge Boesberg up there that, that, that he's on one of the Trump cases. He also the one that, that sentenced the, the son of Jeff Zink, Ryan Zink. Uh, Jeff's running for Congress out in Arizona. Uh, uh, Ryan just got the jury took 20 minutes to recommend 21 years plus a terrorism enhancement, which would get him another 10 for doing no more than videoing his father outside the Capitol building. No allegation ever went in. No allegation ever broke anything or did anything. But what he did do, his unforgivable crime was he was videoing those agents provocateur, the people that were encouraging people to go up the stairs, encouraging people to break windows. On one of his videos, you can see him where there's some, somebody breaking windows at the Capitol building, the police arrest him, and, he, and you can hear Ryan Zink on the video saying, they're just doing their job, let them do it, meaning the cops arresting this guy. But they seized his cameras, they seized his memory cards, and after his trial was over, the defense wanted to get those for the sake of appeal. The government says, it's all been destroyed, right? So here's a government that, that charges you, announces you're guilty before they, they have the trial, and then they destroy the evidence that would exonerate you. I mean, is this the Soviet Union or what? Oh, it certainly is. And if you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show and the numbers have been climbing like crazy, I'm guessing it's because of my current guest, Mark McCluskey, who's joining us right now. Live on the stream, he's a fellow Missourian just like me. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Thanks for joining us. Do me a favor, click that like button and subscribe to the channel. Come back and join us here on the show every Monday through Friday where we get excellent guests like my current one. Great content, great topics. It's a great way to start your day. So, Mark, is it unfair that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy says inside job because he, you know, their CNN was claiming no evidence, no evidence. It looked like there was some evidence of people who were saying things like, "I'm dressed like Antifa, so I can so I can go out through the crowd." I don't know if you saw some of those videos, but I'm not saying you know when I think inside job, it's like planned and coordinated by the feds. But it could also be that feds were there being a Jean provocateur. Do you see evidence of that? Yeah, you know, and it's just like when uh, during the election fraud hearings, you know, everybody would say, all the media would say, there's no evidence of election fraud. There's no evidence of election fraud. We've never had a better election in the history of the country. Well, you know, I'm a lawyer. Uh, you provide affidavits as evidence all the time. You win lots of cases based on affidavits and summary judgment. 4,000 affidavits attesting to election fraud, and the media says no evidence. 
just like January 6th, I have no doubt whatsoever that the federal government was infiltrating that crowd, that they were encouraging the violence. That you, 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 but then you see what all the all the evidence is suppressed for all these folks that have already gone to trial, already rotting away in jail. People are rotting away in jail that have never gone to trial yet for crimes of what? Trespass, parading without a license, being on the Capitol grounds. And I'll just do my own right now out of the 350 to 500 people that broke down my gate, stormed my house, threatened to kill me, rape and murder my wife, burn down my house, burn down my office building, even kill my dog. Not one of those people has done a day in jail. And there are hundreds, now thousands of people that have been arrested by the FBI for just being in the Capitol grounds, just being in the Capitol that day. And I had I had SUNY Darte, Enrique Tarrio's mom on the program. And one of the things that he got convicted of was destruction of government property for breaking one of those bicycle barriers. Enrique was in Baltimore. I mean, he must have awful gosh darn long hands, right? <laughs> they don't care about the facts. You're guilty. Absolutely wild. I'm speaking to Mark McCluskey right now of McCluskey USA. You might know him of uh, as the gun-toting lawyer here in the state of Missouri who defended his, his property with his wife, Patricia, against violent Black Lives Matter activists who broke onto their private property, and he was persecuted by the government for it. Um, you were persecuted by a George Soros-funded uh, um, prosecutor there in St. Louis, that prosecutor has now stepped down. Have things improved there um, uh, when it comes to the, the implementation of the law with the new prosecutor? Well, you know, the new prosecutor, well, he, first of all, he's, he's a Democrat, but of course the governor couldn't appoint a Republican in the city of St. Louis. That having, having anything like a Republican, we've had a one-party rule in the city of St. Louis since 1949. The, if the governor did, had the guts to appoint a Republican as, as a circuit attorney, you know, they'd be all hell breaking loose. Um, but the, the new circuit attorney is bragging that he's prosecuted 45% more cases than the Soros-funded prosecutor, Kim Gardner, before. That's like saying, I put one and a half drops of water in the ocean instead of, instead of one. I mean, <laughs> the crime in St. Louis is ridiculous. The backlog of felony cases is in the thousands. Um, and, the, you know, it is a war zone out there. And you're not going to fix that by prosecuting 45% more cases than a person that prosecuted none. Oh, good point there, Mark. Um, let's move on to politics here for a few minutes while we still got you, Mark. I'm curious your thoughts about next year's election. There is a lot of concern about election integrity next year, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. Do you think Donald Trump can get a fair election? Donald Trump, I do not believe, can get a fair election. But Donald Trump can get elected if we get enough people out there to overcome the fraud. The, the bottom line is that the the the, the uniparty, the, the swamp, this is a once-in-a-lifetime live-or-die situation for them. They, they think the re-election of Donald Trump may seriously damage their decades or century-long campaign to create this single-world socialist government. It's a great reset. They cannot allow that to happen. Um, you know, if you, if you saw Alex Jones' interview with Tucker, uh, he was talking about how he doesn't think either Biden or Trump will live to, to see Election Day. Um, and Tucker, of course, was saying to Trump when, when he had Donald Trump on his program, They've tried everything else to destroy you, and everything just makes you stronger. Isn't the only thing they've got left is assassination. And, you know, I'm concerned about that. Uh, but if not, I mean, if, if, if he's there, I mean, we're, you know, full disclosure, my wife and I are part of the Trump campaign. We were last time. We will be this time uh, and or already are. And uh, 
you know, if he gets reelected, what he needs to do is just absolutely clean house, fire everybody in the Justice Department, everybody in the FBI, everybody in federal bureaucracy, and just start over. If he had one misstep as president the last time, it was underestimating how vicious the snake pit is, how vicious these people are, and how much even people in allegedly his own party will work to destroy him if he actually achieves real change. The last thing they want is real change because it'll affect the change in their pocket. Completely agree. Hey, Mark, uh, I've been super impressed with our newest Senator Eric Schmidt and his performance in Washington, D.C. It's been exciting to see him get out there and be tough on the issues. He also manages to not only fight for the things that we believe in, but he's also actually conservative, which is rare because you'll see a lot of times that um, and I, I know that, you know, we dwell in the populist circles that sometimes you'll get these populists who will be, well, you know, I hate to call them out, but Senator Josh Hawley spent more money than than Bernie Sanders <laughs> in regards to his votes. So it's nice to see Eric Schmidt going out there and not only talking the talk, but walking the walk. Now, this may seem like it's out of left field, but I'm just curious about your how you would answer a question like this, because Senator Eric Schmidt was talking about who the worst president of all time was. So you can't if you couldn't say Joe Biden. Who would you say would be the worst president in U.S. history and why, Mark? Oh, gosh, I can't go U.S. history, but I can go in the last 67 years, which is my lifetime. Okay. And if I, can't go, if I can't go Joe Biden, because I don't think he is president. And I'll say this, if I've got the time. Why is it the most burning question in the history of the world right now? Who's actually running our government? Because here you've got the president of the United States, the man who's supposed to be the leader of the free world and the most powerful man in the world. He obviously is an incompetent old fool. Somebody other than the president is actually running the White House, and we don't know who, and how come that's not the number one story every day? Who the hell's in charge of this country? Let's, let's say I can't talk about the old senile poop as being the worst president of all time. Um, I have to go Jimmy Carter, right? During the Carter administration, virtually all of South America, virtually all of Africa came under Soviet influence. Um, the nations that were formerly our, our allies all became uh, Soviet stooges. It took Ronald Reagan, it took spending them out of existence to defeat that. But Jimmy Carter, in four short years, destroyed our economy, created 20 plus percent inflation. My wife's first car purchase when we were in college during the Carter administration, 25% interest rate, right, on a car. We, we, we moved up here to St. Louis. And, you know, a 7% loan was considered a godsend in those days. Um, you know, my folks had a 7% mortgage on their house. I mean, that was like a gift in those days. Now everybody's whining about 7% mortgages. But, I mean, you know, destroyed the economy, destroyed our, our, our foreign relations in four short years. And it took eight years of, of Ronald Reagan to fix everything. We would have also accepted the answers Woodrow Wilson. Uh, Frank Delano Roosevelt and uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, but still a good answer. Mark McCluskey. Hey, Mark, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners or maybe plug your show before we let you go? Yeah, yeah I'll plug my show. It's uh, Mark McCluskey on fire. It's News Talk SDO 101.9 in St. Louis. You can catch it on X. Uh, you can catch me on Rumble and Mark McCluskey on fire. You can catch me on my Facebook. But I can tell you I'm getting you know shadow banned big time on Facebook. Posts that will get 800,000 or a million hits on X. I get 26 people on Facebook. This isn't a coincidence. But anyway, Mark McCloskey on fire. We broadcast five to six Sunday afternoons. Uh, and then, of course, you can catch the podcast anywhere forever. I've got John Eastman on 
this Sunday. He's going to talk about, you know, exactly what we've been talking about here today, that there is no longer any freedom or any justice system in this country, that if you say the wrong thing, they will burn you and never forget. AOC called it the Trump Accountability Program, that everybody that worked for Donald Trump or worked in the campaign is going to be persecuted for the rest of their lives, and they're making good on that threat. Mark, you make me proud to be a Missourian. This whole time on Rumble.com, we went from 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, 700 listeners. Thanks to your awesome commentary. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for that, Mark. You have a wonderful day and a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and Merry Christmas to your audience. Thank you very much. That's Mark McCloskey. Follow him over on X at McCloskey USA. What'd you guys think of him? Give us a text. Send us a text at 573 573- 319-1586. Again, the text lines are open. You can send us in a text at 573-319-1586. We've got lots more great show to go. I want to play some more clips from the Vivek Ramaswamy Town Hall. But can I ask you a favor before we get started with the next segment? Would you click that like button and subscribe to the channel? I know many of you who are watching us, the 846 is by my most recent count, um, are probably watching us for the first time. The Wake Up America show streams live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central. So if it's your first time here and you like us, click subscribe to the channel and come back and join us every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 Central. Also, don't forget, you can text us anytime, night or day at 573-319-1586. So the text lines are always open, 573-319-1586. One listener who was uh, texting in was asking about the question about what scares me is how many people feel the need for our representatives to be Christian. This push for a theocracy is nuts. They were responding to a clip that I played of Vivek Ramaswamy earlier, answering whether or not he could be president since he is a Hindu and not a Christian. We can get to that in just a moment. But very briefly, can I um, interest you in a, bo- in a box of coffee, our lovely Founding Flavors coffee, as you can see over there. We only have one that we still put in the old bags, but that's because it's, it's going to go away next week. So I know you guys will be sad to hear. Aww. That's why you should probably grab a bag before you go today. AP4LibertyShop.com is the website. If you head over to AP4LibertyShop.com, you can see it over there. We've got our delicious Martha's Mint coffee. My dad just texted and said Mark was good. Thanks, Dad. Love you, Pops. Oh, God, it smells so good. I'm sitting here. I can smell the mint coming out of the uh, the bag of coffee. Founding Flavors Coffee is exclusively available at ap4libertyshop.com. It is a premium, ultra premium coffee. This is for coffee lovers. If you are a person who loves coffee and have really discerning tastes and you don't like the big corporations because they take your money and they use it to fund abortions, you know what I'm talking about right there, right? I won't say their name. Then buy your coffee from people who don't hate you at ap4libertyshop.com. And if you love the coffee and you've already tried it, perhaps consider a subscription because you can have it delivered either Every two weeks, one month, two months, three months, what have you, you can sign up for a month uh, subscription if you like every month. A lot of people do it. They really enjoy it. So go to ap4libertyshop.com and try a bag. Remember, you do get a discount if you buy more than one bag. But just go over to ap4libertyshop.com now and just browse around. Take a look and see what we have because we got a lot more than coffee. And we we also sold our very first custom metal sign last night. We were excited. My wife and I, who run this business together just uh, added customized metal metal signs to our website. And we sold our very first one last night. So we were really excited about that because we're hoping to really expand into that business. But coffee, custom metal patriotic signs, 
and all kinds of goodies over at apforlibertyshop.com. All right, back over to our friend Vivek Ramaswamy, who has asked a question at the town hall about his age. Uh, these were questions that I got when I ran for president, so I really appreciate that he's getting the same ones, and I love his answers because they're basically the same things that I said too, which is another reason why I like Vivek so and much. Merry Take Christmas a listen. from Iowa. Thank um, you. And thank you for really adding some important uh, conversations to the um, to the campaign. So some local commentators refer to you as maybe the younger Trump, not a politician, which would place you running in the same lane as President Trump for getting votes. So other than being younger, how would you differentiate yourself from President Trump? So, look, I, I appreciate that question, and I get it frequently these days on the campaign trail. It's not just being younger. I think we are reaching a new generation of voters in this country. We've been to most of the college campuses across this state. And I don't think that's something the Republican Party has done a great job of. There's a reason why these revolutions, these revivals are often led by the next generation. Thomas Jefferson was 33 years old when he wrote the Declaration of Independence. I'm an old man by comparison, actually, to Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> and I will say this. Yeah. It's going to take a president who, yes, comes from the outside, is a businessman. I believe it's going to take an outsider with sharp elbows at times to come take on the federal bureaucracy, to shut down agencies that need to be shut down, to implement that 75 percent headcount reduction I want to see in the federal bureaucracy. But it's also going to take a president who has a deep first personal understanding of the law and the Constitution. And those two things don't usually go together. I've actually hired. Many people in my career over the many companies that I've started and those two skills, you might have the academic law professor types over here. You might have the business types that are going to get something done. That's what gives me my sense of purpose in this race. And I think I'm the only person in this race who brings both of those attributes an understanding and a commitment to the Constitution. But combine that with being an outsider who can actually get things done. And I think that's going to be, take the combination that actually takes yeah. to revive this economy and revive our constitutional republic. Good answer. Good answer. I liked it. What do you guys think? I mean, Vivek continues to impress. I really hope that Donald July Trump finds a place for him. I've got another clip for you here I think you're going to like related to that. Take a listen to this. Everybody On July 4th, 1776, Thomas Jefferson was 33 years old. James Madison was 25 years old. The Marquis de Lafayette was 18. And Alexander Hamilton was 18. It was young men that founded this country. Yeah. And young people were restore it. Yeah, AP, give it, a t give him hell. That was me when I ran for president in 2016. Of course, a lot of people out were asked that question about my age. We're going to speak to Camelia Peterson here in about six or seven minutes. Looking forward to hearing from her on the news of the day. Uh, I liked this question that Vivek Ramaswamy about uh, lesson or, or uh, that what he said about a lesson that his parents taught him. Take a listen to this. We have here Riley Miller. He's a law student at Drake University and a clerk in the Marion County Attorney's Office. He's a Republican who is currently undecided. Riley. Thank you. Uh, on the debate stage, you have somewhat of abandoned uh, the uh, tact and diplomacy that I would look for in a president. I'm all for uh, keeping it real and dogging the establishment, but there's a gravitas and uh, that I look for in those who represent our country. How do you see the balance between keeping it being authentic yep. and maintaining that presidential demeanor? I appreciate the question. I think it's very candid. This is what I love about Iowa. 
<laughs> I get tougher questions from you guys than I do from the media. That's, and that's good. It's why we're here. So I, I appreciate that. Look, here's the standard I use for holding myself to or holding any president to. I want us to be able to look our kids in the eye and tell them that I want you to grow up and be like him. It's been a long time since we've held our presidents to that standard. That's the standard I want you to hold me to. That's a high standard. Now, I think about that in judging the way that I comport myself in different areas. Am I going to tell my kids to go to school and be a bully? No, I'm not. But I'm going to tell them if somebody bullies you or hits you, you're going to hit them back 10 times harder. And that's the way I'm going to lead this country. You You have to be, as we say in our family, you have to be strong enough to protect your kindness. So if you watch those debates carefully, I don't engage in four-letter words. I mean, there are other candidates who have called me dumb, scum, and worse that I'm not going to repeat here. I didn't go after them, but if they're going to come after me, I'm not going to be a president, whether it's Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin or anybody else, who's going to roll over. When I'm leading the United States, the same rule applies. If you hit us, we hit you back 10 times harder. But it's not for the sake of being a bully. Man, that's good stuff. Oh, my gosh. Tell you what, let's do this. Let's get Vivek Ramos. Well, let's get Camelia in here. I'm going to go to the commercial break very briefly, get Camelia, bring her back, have her respond to that. And then I'm going to talk to her a little bit about some of the challenges millennial women are facing in the world today. Ah, this is good stuff. Head over to APforLibertyShop.com during the commercial break and get yourself a bag of coffee. And we'll be right back on the Wake Up America Show at WakeUpAmericaShow.com. It's such a big audience. I want those commercials to be short so we can stick around and have a lot of fun. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. That voice that you heard is our traditional Thursday guest at 8 a.m. Central Time. She's the lovely Camelia Peterson. Another Missourian this morning. It's just Missouri, Missouri all over the place. What's up, CJ? Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Glad to have you here. I am happy to be here. I was just listening to that clip um, from Ramaswamy, and I've never heard it uh, put quite like that before. And I was writing that quote down because I enjoyed it so much when he said, you have to be strong enough to protect your kindness. And it's like, that's that's just really so true, right? <laughs> so, it is. Because that question that he was asked, I, you know, I relate to a lot because I do think that that is a problem in our political culture is that it's just all about owning the other side and that this idea we've we've gotten to this notion that you in order to be a that being a statesman means that you're weak and i think that's a huge mistake um to equate that and it's unfortunate that we're at this point i think we probably have trump to thank for a lot of that although i do think it's a deeper cultural issue but I don't necessarily, I've not watched Vivek Ramaswamy and considered him to, um, I haven't considered him to be inappropriate in that sense. Is he animated and is he very direct in his arguments? Yes. But is he doing the sort of things that Trump did as far as like very personal insults? No. So I, I actually think that he has walked that line fairly well in, because people want to hear you, um, speak passionately about the things that are wrong with this country and to point out the things that, you know, are, are being done by the mainstream media and, you know, the left and the ways that, that people are struggling. So I think that's why he resonates with so many people. Um, but I really, I really appreciated that quote. I, I think that's definitely true. For sure. If I were to nitpick one of the things that you said, I would say I think Trump is actually more of a symptom rather than the actual disease. 
I agree with that. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think that he is. I mean, our politicians honestly are a reflection of our culture because they respond to what people respond to. I completely agree. Uh, so Vivek Ramaswamy says we need to be strong enough to protect our kindness. This is an interesting um this is an interesting thing to say, especially in light of the debate and discussion that we've been having in the liberty movement about foreign policy over the last few months, right? I, I bring this back to this question of, of how we can have a foreign policy that operates within constitutional guidelines, that is America first, but also does not lead America down the path towards isolationism or towards being so weak that we're unable to protect our assets and protect our people around the world. I mean, there's as many foreign policy views as there are people on this planet, Camelia. But to some extent, in order for us to be able to protect that which is good in our lives, you know, it's, it's, it reminds me of that old George Washington quote, which was, you know, bastardized from the Latin, CV pacem parabellum, right? If you want peace, prepare for war. There is a strength that we have. It, it also reminds me of that Jordan Peterson quote, where he says that good men are not men who are incapable of violence. Good men are men who have, who have monsters inside them that they can unleash, but they choose not to. Isn't that true? Sure. I mean, it's like having insurance, right? You, you hope for the best, but you plan for the worst. And so you, you are prepared and we, we should do that, you know, in terms of, you know, our safety and our protection as well. So, yeah, I mean, this is, it is something that we do in all aspects of our life. It's just, it's like anything else. Sometimes some people take it to extremes. <laughs> for sure. For sure. What, what did you think of uh, Vivek's answer to the question about him not being religious? I thought I also liked that very much. Um, I think I had commented in the chat that one of the things, you know, I think people do, this is so unfortunate. It's really what turned me off, honestly, in the, the 2016 elections was um, people were almost demanding that the candidates um, align with their, their faith. Um, and so, you know, Donald Trump did not do that at the time. And so, it, it, you know, and it's not that. And so they basically converted him. I mean, yeah. if we're looking at it objectively, that's what disgusted me because I was like, they found every reason that they could come up with from a spiritual angle to excuse his behavior. And you know what, you know, looking back and even looking at, you brought it up now where, um, you know, Trump flat out said he's never asked for forgiveness. There have been other instances just, you know, in this year where people have asked him, like, how has your faith, you know, shaped your, what you've been doing? And he really, to be fair to him, never gives a direct answer to that, where he, you know, confirms that he abides by this faith and has this religious component to his life. Um, he basically does a word salad that walks all around it and doesn't really answer the question. But that I think partially that's to his credit, but I think what's disappointing is that people want so bad to put him in that box that they're they're ready to make it a lie about him, essentially. It's very interesting. And I, I like that Vivek Ramaswamy is so open about his faith. I feel as if what he says, what he says is very um uh genuine when he talks about what he what he believes there. But it's it's you know, unfortunately, people do demand that you uh, completely agree with their faith. And I, I, you know, you saw that when I ran for Senate here in the state of Missouri, probably at events and things like that. So 
We're just not there. We're just not there yet. But go ahead. Right. I think it's this idea that, you know, we've talked about this before where uh, we want to project um, what we want onto Mm. our politicians and onto our leaders, um, because that's, you know, those are the things we want to see. So we put those things on them, whether they've said (laughs) that that's (laughs) who they are or not. (laughs) For sure. I want to say thank you to Rumble.com for featuring us on the front page today. We're always grateful for that. My wife and I, Steffi, our little small business has just been fundamentally transformed thanks to the features for Rumble for putting us on the front page and for introducing us to such a large audience. We're very grateful to them. Would you do us a favor and help us to really maximize that impact by clicking like and subscribing to the channel? at rumble.com slash AP for Liberty. You get great guests like the ones that we've been talking to this morning, Mark McCluskey earlier, and now Camelia Peterson. Camelia is a good friend of the show, and she joins us every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 a.m. Central Time. So if you like Camelia's POV, then make sure you come back and join us at this regular time because we're good friends. We're both Petersons, but we're not related. We spell it differently. <laughs> uh, Camelia, I'd like to move on to the topic that I uh, sent to you last night, which is the question of the health of millennial women, uh, health, safety, and wellness. This is the story from CNN, which going to raise my eyebrows, of course, makes me a little bit, uh, makes it sus, right? Talks about indigenous women. But then I see that it is something that could apply to many women of your and my generation. It says millennial women are facing the first decline in well-being since the silent generation, according to this new report. What is this report saying? So this is talking about how that um, there have been declines, you know, over the last several generations in this age range um, in terms of, well, there it rose for quite a while on all these metrics as far as like healthcare and, you know, education, things like that it rose for quite a bit. Um, and then certain uh, things like healthcare, suicide, uh, infant mortality, uh, maternal mortality, that in this millennial generation started to decline. Now, they sort of make some assumptions about why that might be. And predictably, you know, gender pay gap is in there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I think, and I don't think that there is a, a particular answer for any of these things. Um, the interesting thing, though, that jumped out to me when I kind of followed through a link where they linked to this report um, is that even though there are now these declines on healthcare and other issues, the thing that has increased is that the share of women with at least a bachelor's degree has increased by with 43% of young millennial women completing an education compared to 28% of their Gen X peers. And so I, to me, what I guess my conclusions when I looked at all of this um, is that I almost wonder if this doesn't have more to do with the expectations that we have set up with feminism for women in that age range in that, and I think there's a lot of factors at play here, um, including government regulation. But one aspect of this, I think, is that we have set up this expectation for women that they are owed success. And that they say they will go get that degree, get your four-year degree. We don't care if you know what it's going to be and you can change your degree, you know, five times. But as long as you get that degree, you will be successful. And then they get out and they realize that that's not the case. And that's not actually everything that brings them happiness. And so I do think that affects mental health in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, it's just unrealistic expectations. On a promising note, maybe for Gen Z, there is hope yet, because 
there is a movement away from this idea that you have to have, you have to go to college, you have to have a degree. Um, and that, I mean, I tell my girls, there is no point in pouring your money into college if you don't know what you want to do and you don't know what you need to do it because there are so many career paths right now that don't necessarily require a college degree. So why are you going to go and invest your valuable time and even more valuable money for something that you may not ever need? And so I'm glad to see that we are trending in that direction. So yeah, go get your college education for the, for the fields that need that, but don't get it just to get it. Yeah, we've been kind of pushing women, especially into uh, degrees like STEM, which obviously are useful degrees. That's if you're gonna go get a degree, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, these are the things that we, we need. But we have been pushing kids to just get a degree no matter what, just whatever it is, just get a degree. And, you know, I was I won't say a victim of that because I think I did get a good education. And for a while, especially when I was first getting into the job market, employers really did look at the college degree. And I'm sure that they still do to, to some degree or another uh, bad pun, perhaps. But the the problem with um, the modern market is now for those who got degrees, if you're maybe 10, 15 years younger than me and you don't have the skills or the experience that I do, if you have a college degree, it doesn't matter. You may have spent a lot of money and got a lot of college debt. And people like Elon Musk, the top firms in the country, the Fortune 500 companies are all lowering those requirements because they realize right. unless it's something useful like, again, STEM, it, it was a waste of time and energy and money. No wonder a lot of these these kids want their student loan debt forgiven. I, I don't blame them for feeling that way, even if it's wrong to do it, because in a way, they kind of got scammed. Well, and even in the STEM field, so my older daughter, Anna Rosa, was just talking to me about this the other day because she was, she's been looking, she would like to, she's just been working since she graduated. She would like to start looking at doing something else. And she's kind of searching for where her niche is. And she talked about STEM. And I told her, I was like, the only thing is that, you know, this article that you and I talked about here a couple of weeks ago about the 41-year-old man who's living at home with his parents because he can't find a job that's not beneath him. <laughs> yes. I mean, Part of the problem with the STEM field too is that so many people have been going into STEM that it's really at risk of being saturated. And really the field, the fields where there, the, there's always rising demand for people to work in are a lot of um, skilled labor fields, but also service industries. Service industries are have not lost any ground in the last few years. They have continued to rise. And so I think that there are a lot of opportunities there, but you don't, you don't hear those pushed quite as much. We've had STEM pushed so much for, and it's important. I mean, it's obviously necessary for our society now. Um, but I do think that we we're kind of reaching that saturation point. Now, in terms of millennial women uh, and their expectations, that's a whole different can of worms here. I'm, re <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this, you know, this story. When millennial women are facing the first decline in well-being since the silent generation, you mentioned earlier that some of this has to do with their expectations of of happiness. Uh, so I, I could just ask you the the silent the question in the room. <laughs> so then how, what would make women happy, millennial women happy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I do think that it's been a, a mistake and I don't I honestly don't know why this is, but uh, I know I work hard to to change this in my daughters, but it's this idea. And I think you it's manage innate. their expectations. Well, yes, we certainly try to do that. Uh, <laughs> but it's this idea that other people make you happy. 
And I hmm. do think that that's because women naturally tend to um, be more service oriented and people pleasers. And that's that's our our natural tendencies to be caretakers. And so, you know, there is this this idea that other people will make you happy. And if, and if women cannot understand that, you know, if you if you rely on other people to make you happy <laughs> in the end, that will not work out. <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, I think, probably a large part of the reason for the uh, failure rate in marriages as well. But another high, topic. <laughs> well, for sure. But I mean, what was it? Uh, was it 60 or 70 percent of marriages are initiated by the woman? Is that the statistic that we've been batting around as of late? Uh, I mean, it goes to show women are very unhappy. Like that. It, women are not happy. And and it's I mean, obviously, pleasing women is like the great secret of the universe. Obviously, anybody who cracks that code is going to be there. But if anything, it's difficult to explain to someone, especially like, let's say you're in politics, but like, you know, when it, it's the pursuit of happiness, right? So this isn't just something with women, right? Yes. It, it's the people always think that their happiness has to come from some external factor. Right. But like the great, you know, the great secret is, I mean, what name any sappy Christmas movie, I think even, you know, the Christmas Carol, for example, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge true happiness comes from within probably one of the most difficult lessons to learn probably very few people actually find it don't they right there's the ralph waldo emerson quotes that goes something like you know you can search the world over for you know beauty but you know if you don't have it within yourself you won't find it um and the thing is is that it is in some ways i think this is a cultural issue for us in terms of the american dream and american exceptionalism and we are in a a decadent society where people have gotten so comfortable and so used to, you know, what is very much a wealthy lifestyle by the by worldwide standards, even for the poorest among us. And there's this, you said that the pursuit of happiness, I think so many people have come to think that that's actually a guarantee of happiness, that, you know, this is one of our rights is that, you know, <laughs> you are owed it to be happy, not just to to have the freedom to pursue that happiness. For sure. I love it. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, I'm speaking to Camelia Peterson. I'm Austin Peterson, the host of the show, and we are not related, despite both being Petersons. We spell it differently. Do us a favor. Will you click like and subscribe to the channel? We'd love to have you come back and join us here every Monday through Friday. The Wake Up America show streams live. We're glad to have you. Uh, looks like I get the stamp of approval. My lovely wife, Stephanie, is over on the stream this morning. She says, Austin pleases me. I like that. Of course, you could take that a couple of different ways. Camelia, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners this morning before we let you go today? Well, one little thing about this, this article that talks about, you know, the decline in, in various things for millennial women. I do think that uh, bringing this kind of back away from women's expectations, but also back to the government, because the government is always the problem, am I right? Uh, you know, they talked about the decline in healthcare and in rural areas, and that is real. Um, but there are some very real reasons for that, including government regulation. And specifically, if you're not familiar with this, I'm gonna get a little policy wonky here. Go look up whether or not your state has certificate of need laws. They're getting rid of this all over the country because it stifles um, the free market approach to healthcare, and it actually prevents um, the expansion of healthcare services in rural areas. So um, you know, we're working in Missouri. I'm getting rid of that here, and there are other states who have been getting rid of it. But that is something that needs to go. But it's one of those like really nerdy niche, you know, things that nobody really thinks about or knows about. But it's it's important when you talk about issues like this. 
For sure. That's my dad is, te- my dad's texting this morning, says he really enjoys it. He looks forward to the next time we can get out on the river together, Camelia. Thank you yes. very much. It is a little bit cold out there, but uh, we are looking forward to uh, to next summer and all the fun and hijinks that we have as members of the Cantina crew, we call ourselves here on the Wake Up America show. Follow her at Rare Camellia on Twitter slash X.com. Camellia, have a wonderful day. Merry Christmas. See you next week. Have a great day, everyone. Everyone, that's Camellia Peterson. What do you guys think of CJ? She's a regular guest on the show. I know many of you, it's your first time watching. Camelia joins the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 a.m. Central Time. We get to hear her topics, uh, her news reports on, uh, we talk about politics and we also talk about life and culture and relationships and and uh, gender wars and fun stuff like that. CC23, I think it's the first time that I've seen her, uh, man or woman, uh, says women don't do enough for themselves. They don't follow their instincts enough and they have not learned to love themselves. So many women care too much about whether, what others think and say about them. I wonder what you think about CeCe's comment. Do you agree or disagree? Remember, you can text the show anytime, night or day at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. CeCe is a woman. Okay, good to know. Love How to dare see you? you. She's like, how dare you? <laughs> Glad to have you here, Cece. I hope that we can earn your like and subscribe and you'll come back and join us on the show. The show streams live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And we'd be glad to have you subscribe to the channel and come back and join us and hang out. Tomorrow's going to be even more fun because Fridays we have, we call it Freedom Family Fridays. And that's when my smoking hot, redheaded libertarian wife comes and joins us on the set, Stephanie Peterson. Steffi, we call her. Freedom Family Fridays. Oh, and some good news. We're actually going to have another member of the Peterson family, but uh, you, some of you have no idea who it is. It's my brother, Justin Peterson, will be joining us tomorrow on the show. So we'll have my brother, Justin, my smoking hot, red-headed libertarian wife, Stephanie, and we'll have one other special guest who is not a member of the family, but that's a surprise. I like to surprise you guys with lots of fun guests. First time they're going to be appearing on the show. Excited to hear from them. Okay, so I saw this trailer for a movie, and we are going to hear... From Remzo Martinez, we got one more guest to go on the show. He's going to be coming up in about 10 minutes. But I saw this trailer for a movie just this morning. Um, my buddy Bob Murphy shared it, and I was kind of excited to see it. It's a movie called Civil War, and it's literally about a civil war in the United States. So I think many of us are definitely the, the, the target audience for something like this. But the trailer for it actually looks pretty awesome, not going to lie. Kind of want to watch it. You know what? Here's the trailer. Let's watch it together and react. 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising. Florida Alliance, I'm in. Will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. What about the Missouri it was Rebellion? Like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California. Ron Swanson is the president of the United States. Sign me up. Have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to DC today. We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. Bloody. Every time I survived the war zone, 
I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do that. Kristen Dunst? But here we are. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? Well, you're American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? You don't know? <laughs> the Western forces will reach the White House on July 4th. Oh my God. Get in the car! Get in the car! You're gonna hang back. I'm not hanging back. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Go, 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 go. God bless America. Not gonna lie, but that looks kind of based. <laughs> what is this? Some kind of libertarian, like revenge porn fantasy kind of thing? I'm just like, I know that the the Democrats who are seeing the trailer for that are you. like, but they probably are looking forward to Ron Swanson winning. They'll be. This is an A24 film, says Matt Unruh. I don't know what A24 is. Maybe somebody fill me in. I feel like Joe Biden this moment. I'm daring headlights. Who's America A24? America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was gonna put him. Uh, put, Excuse me. Hear that? Hear that? I think Ron Swanson would probably make a better president of the United States over Joe Biden will. But uh, you know what? The Wake Up America show is kicking ass and taking names today with over 700 people watching us live. Thank you. Thank you to Rumble.com. I can't say thank you enough. We're so grateful for all the support that we've been getting from them. And many of you know that the Wake Up America show is a small two-person operation. Me and my wife, we have our own merchandise shop that we run to try and monetize the show. And Rumble has just been absolutely stellar in helping us to grow the Wake Up America show. If you haven't heard yet already, the Wake Up America show does have our merchandise website that I'd like to introduce to you. Please do bookmark it and check it out. If you can't do multitask and do two things at once, then check it out after the program. The Wake Up America show is brought to you in part by the AP for Liberty shop website. We've got a lot of really cool products, as you can see. One of our more popular items is our ooh government shirt that you can get exclusively at ap4libertyshop.com. We've got some awesome handbags as well as our great coffee line. You can get our slick ooh government shirts over at ap4libertyshop.com. If it's the first time that you're at ap4libertyshop.com, you're going to see a pop-up. If you give your email address, then it'll send you back a 15% off coupon off your very first purchase. So you can get the ooh government shirt over at apforlibertyshop.com with a 15% discount. And I'd really like to highly recommend that for those of you who haven't browsed the shop before, or maybe if you have already, that you do me a favor and you check out our uh, custom metal signs. We sold our God Bless America sign just last night, which is really cool. Uh, and they're all right now 27% off. So check that out, apforlibertyshop.com. And oh, one more favor. Can I ask of you guys? I know I ask a lot. But this is just one small thing, and it's totally free. If you do visit apforlibertyshop.com, will you please go to uh, the newsletter, subscribe, and just drop your email address up there? I would really appreciate it that, uh, as you can see, Thomas Jefferson is saying over there with his laptop, for I have sworn on the altar of God eternal hostility against boring emails that will go to my spam folder, quoted by Thomas Jefferson 
Probably. Yes, there. Thomas Jefferson probably. Okay. So the mayor of Boston has a whites not allowed Christmas party. Yes, the mayor of Boston, no whites allowed Christmas party. Let's talk about that with Remzo Martinez, not a white guy. When we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and thankful to have you here. Thank you to rumble.com for featuring us on the front page today. Rumble, you guys rock. I mean, without Rumble, I don't know where we'd be. The Wake Up America show, of course, we have a nice audience on our own, but it's like Rumble is just pushing us out there to all these hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people that we've met in the last several months. Thanks to their features. I don't know what we did. Maybe there is a God and he's looking down and he's smiling on me and my wife and our small business. Maybe it's because we fight for the principles that make America great, economic freedom and personal liberty. Five days a week, the Wake Up America show streams live to your house at rumble.com slash AP for liberty. And my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife will be joining us tomorrow on the show. So if you haven't met her yet, make sure you come back tomorrow here on the channel. So subscribe, hit that like button, then subscribe to the channel. Come back and join us tomorrow morning. You get to meet my lovely wife. We call it Freedom Family Friday. So my brother, Justin Peterson, will be joining us too. And in the extended Freedom Family, we've got lots of great guests who join us on the show this morning. My next guest has been fighting for freedom for a very long time. We've been in the trenches together, and I'm glad I have him to talk about this next story, which is that the mayor of Boston is having a no whites allowed Christmas party. Hill whitey. All right, maybe not that far, but I think it's like one step away from that, right? (laughs) You know what? I need a non-white guy to talk about it. Joining us now to discuss is Remzo Martinez joining us live. Morning, Remzo. How you doing, brother? Good morning, Austin. As your token non-white, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> well, you, the funny thing is about the Hispanics. I was just reading um, uh, a story this last week about how Hispanics is apparently a, a new racial category, category categorization, in, at least in terms of history. Like only in the last 50 years has Hispanics sort of like been something that is like separate from white, like they used to be considered white. And then there's the question of, if you're from Spain, are you considered white? But then if you're from Mexico, it's different. But I don't know that at the end of the day, I don't really look at these things. But apparently some people really place a lot of stock in these, including the mayor of Boston. Oh, I'd like to thank liberal white women in academia for years for trying to go ahead and create these categories. I mean, Latino is the current one. And well, technically, it's it's Latinx or Latinx, as some people go ahead and um, colloquially call it. But it's a uh, it's this constant grouping of people. I mean, Depending on where I am in the United States, I'm, I'm one thing or another. Um, you know, some people will consider <laughs> Puerto Ricans, you know, Caribbean in that regard. So if I were to go around saying, oh, yeah, man, I'm Caribbean, they would look at me like, you're not like Bob Marley. It's like, oh, that's stereotypical. Be better. But it's, um, you know, we're, we're living we're living in wild times. And you mentioned earlier going into the segment, you know, like there's this fine line that we're like tiptoeing around. I would argue like, you know, we stepped over that line a while ago. We're trotting, we're skipping, we're di- we're jumping up and down. And it's all for the the downfall of what we used to call polite society. People aren't even hiding it anymore. What this mayor of Boston is doing, you know, she might try and say she's trying to create an inclusive environment by excluding people. We used to call that segregation. But, you know, all you have to do is do what they do with everything else. Switch the terms, beat it down enough, you know, 
cram it down our throats and eventually we'll just come to love big brother you know big non-binary androgynous multiracial part of the alphabet stew of things i mean this is this is wild i just i just stopped keeping up with a lot of things and when i saw this i'm you know part of me still wants to be outraged and then the other part of me looks at this and is like oh this is a typical day that ends in y you just can't get away from it so I'm looking at the story. Here's what happened. So the an email went out from Mayor Michelle Wu. It says, Honorable members, on behalf of Mayor Michelle Wu, I cordially invite you and a guest to the Electeds of Color holiday party on December 13th at the Parkman House. Please let me know if you plan to attend. Then they had to send out another email because apparently they accidentally sent it to the white folk. And said, I wanted to apologize for my previous email regarding a holiday party. I did send that to everyone by accident. I apologize if my email may have offended or come across as so. Um, So there's a few different ways to analyze that, Remzo. I'll let you go before I just start ranting. Go ahead. In in conversations with my, you know, non-right of center friends when discussing issues of uh, race and sex and ethnicity and stuff i I like to throw at them the leonardo dicaprio test um i I came up with this after uh, django unchained came out and the test is if you could say it as leonardo dicaprio's super white racist plantation owner would say it if it sounds racist after you're done it does so let's go ahead and just you know read this not verbatim but it's like dear colored elected officials you was hereby invited to our only color elected officials party. And then it's like, oh, hello, white people. We forgot to invite you to our party that you're not invited to because of the merits of your race. Greetings and salutations, the mayor of Boston. <laughs> it sounds kind of freaking racist to me. <laughs> you can't treat him like any that other you can't treat him like any of the other N-words around here because he ain't like any of the other N-words around here. <laughs> That's a great movie, by the way, Django Unchained. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. Click like and subscribe. I'm speaking to Remzo Martinez this morning where he's joining us. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Remzo is a contributor to the Political Insider, and he's becoming something of a regular guest on the show. We're glad to have over 600 people watching us live this morning. Yo, what's up? We appreciate your audience. Um, so I don't think that they're upset that they might have offended somebody. I think they're upset they got caught. What do you think? Of course they're upset they got caught because it's a non-apology apology. The apology would have been, we realized how horrible this is. Please come to the party. Did they even invite them to the party? It's like, now no. since it's out in the open, please come. You could have you know gingerbread cookies and you could take place in the colored elected officials only, you know, like, gift exchange secret santa where we were going to exclude you originally but you can go ahead and stay here because this is a boston custom i mean it's um it's (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like you know we're sorry we got caught we're sorry you're offended but we're not sorry and we'll do it again um this is what happens over and over uh when they try and do these things and i mean this is this is just one of the many examples since i feel like 2016 specifically we started having black only graduations at colleges we started having you know ethnic and racial safe spaces where it was always just white people excluded um you know i i, I did a i did an interview with this uh one lady like three four years ago uh she grew up in the jim crow south uh she moved up to wisconsin 
she worked in the Scott Walker administration and she got a lot of slack. She was a, she got a lot of flack. She was a political appointee. Oh, and she was black. She was also married to a white man, which made things, you know, you know, people would, people will just find ways to attack you. And what she said, it, it kills me. I don't remember her name, but what she said was, you know, when, when the oppressor takes his boot off the oppressed, uh, off the oppressed neck, what does the oppressed do? Do they try and obtain freedom? Do they try and push for equality? Or do they push the oppressor down and then put their boot on their neck? And this can go over and over and over again. And you look at the history of the world. You know, atrocities have always been committed, and they're always committed for another reason. And you can just go ahead and take out X and put in Y. We're targeting them because of their land. We're targeting them because of their race. We're targeting them because of their God. We're targeting them because of their language. We can keep going back and forth, but this is an intrinsically bad behavior. And if we don't call out bad behaviors, they're just going to continue to fester. And then one day, our posterity is going to look at us and be like, you already knew that this was a problem. Why'd you let it happen again? But knowing our future, it'll be like parental figure guardian one. <laughs> Why did you let this happen? I don't even know my my pronouns anymore. Like you let this go down way so fast. And it's just, um, you know, I, I know I lumped all that stuff together, but I mean, this is this is just another day in America that ends in a lie. I want to be surprised, but I'm not. I, I love that meme that goes around speaking of the, you know, the racial activists who will get, you know, talk about how much they hate white people publicly and then they get married to white guys. But I love that meme that goes around that says uh, racial justice in the streets, colonizer in the sheets. <laughs> Isn't AOC's boyfriend like a ginger? Yeah, her husband. Yeah. But it's like it's always like the most cucked white guy imaginable, you know, like the most beta white guy possible so that they can control him, you know, <laughs> and, and they're all the same type. You know, they it, it looks like a it looks like an ISIS hostage video. They always talk about this. And then when somebody points out, it's like, isn't your husband a white guy? They always like, you know, throw the Instagram live at them. It's like, Colin, how about you tell us how you feel as a white man? It's like as a white man, I need to go ahead and check my privilege and I need to understand that every day I'm, I'm contributing to the problem and we're just got to make this. A country that is, you know, colorblind, non-binary, but we're going to go ahead and separate some of the grays from some of the other grays because we're colorblind. So we don't see color, but all colors are the same on that. And it just, it, you know, it's you look at them and you genuinely wonder, like, is this you just want to grab them by the collar and just be like, is this chick worth it? Is this chick really worth it? Dude, you can run. Run. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll stand between you two. Run for your life. And sometimes they're just like. I have nowhere to run to. You see their soul like leave their face. It's it's a horrible thing. For sure. If you're enjoying this content that you're hearing today, and I know many of you, it's your very first time listening to the Wake Up America show, you definitely want to get more of us, then make sure you click like and subscribe to the channel. I'm speaking to Remzo Martinez right now. Um, hey, Remzo, speaking of racial justice activists, the president of Harvard uh, it looks as if Claudine Gay will continue to stay uh, in her role as president. She's not only facing allegations of plagiarism, but she's also uh, out there defending people calling for genocide on her campus. And she doesn't seem to know whether or not that might violate their speech code. What's your take on this controversy surrounding the presidents of Harvard and many of these elite Ivy League institutions? 
What's the solution to these problems? It's got to come from the board and the donors. And I would say that with anything in the private sector, um, you know, this this issue, I, I have to, okay, I have to go ahead and address the, the loud re-elephant in the room. It's the libertarians who suddenly are like cool with genocide and stuff like that. And it's like, guys, you are making life difficult by the day. You're just not getting invited to Thanksgiving next year. I don't know what else to say. But w- with her specifically, it's like, she, she's holding out for one reason, money. She's holding out for that. If you leave that and you succumb to the situation, you're, you're going to end up ticking off the people that probably defended you like five months ago before this even mattered. But in terms of like the, the, the real issue, which is like, it's the professors. It's the professors. I would even go a step further and say it's the parents. We, we, we you know, this is nothing new. I'm not saying anything that's new. We went ahead and put several generations through academia, and we trusted that they would get an education and they would develop freedom of thought and they would respect true diversity of opinion. And that somewhere went to hell. And then we just went ahead and ignored it forever. And now we look at the situation and we wonder, wow, it's like, did we know that these people um, were on campus the entire time? And it's like, where have you where have you been, especially after 2020, if after 2020 and all the summer of love stuff that went down, you're still like shocked by all of this. I, I blame the parents of these students. How did you let your child become a radical defending a terrorist group? How did you let your child end up supporting racial segregation on campuses? How is this person that you raised to be a good, moral and upstanding citizen? turn into just an absolute degenerate. But then here's the thing. Maybe the parents are the exact same way. Maybe we need to go ahead and address the real uncomfortable thing, which is maybe it's not just maybe it's not just the colleges. Maybe they're going there because they want their children to end up that way, because they don't actually care. There's something wrong with America. It's starting at home. We have to really look across to our neighbors and wonder, at what point do they just look at this and they don't see a problem? It can't just be us identifying that something is really screwed up, whether this person should step down or not, whether you know it was the professors on campuses that indoctrinated these students or not. There's something rotten with our country, and I don't know where it started. I don't know what it is, but I know too many people, especially in, in the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, where all the power is coalescing. That's why I always knew that Amazon's HQ2 was going to be put here. They want to be right next to everyone. Um, they're okay with it. They don't care. I'm seeing Palestinian flags in majority white upper class contractor neighborhoods and stuff like that. Like, what is happening? I think that should be the real question. I agree with Remzo Martinez. He's a great guest, isn't he, ladies and gents? Remzo, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our massive audience before we let you go today? Nothing much. You can catch up with me and more and all the cool stuff I do over on x it's just hey remzo h-e-y-r-e-m-s-o awesome thank you so much for having me on the program this morning we always appreciate remzo martinez one round of applause isn't enough merry christmas to you remzo we'll see you soon merry christmas bye